Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. You're welcome to another episode of the Faith Campaign Broadcast. Alright, um, we'll continue from where we stopped last time. We have looked at um, speaking with tongues. That was what we checked the last time. That was what we considered the last time. Speaking with tongues as one of these signs. And then um, we said that speaking with tongues is a sign because the speaker who is not learned in a particular language, you know, supernaturally communicates in that same language. And so it is not new. It is not a sign or new to the the audience. I mean, it's not new to the audience. The language is not, most of the time, it's not new to the audience. Rather, it is not new to the audience, but to the speaker. So that ability to communicate supernaturally in a language that you did not learn is what um is what um speaking with tongues is about basically that's what it's about and then it becomes a sign when you are communicating in the language of another whereas you did not learn that language naturally that is you are communicating to another supernaturally you are communicating to another in that another's language supernaturally so that's that. And then we, um, in the previous episode, we debunked the, the idea that um, there was interpretation of thumbs in Acts chapter 2. There was no interpretation of thumbs in Acts chapter 2. As we saw, that he heard them speak in their language. And I explained that if there were interpretation of thumbs in Acts chapter 2, it would not really, really be a sign. Then he's going to lose that characteristic feature of being a sign. Because what makes it a sign is the fact that you are hearing somebody speaking I mean, I mean, they heard people, not just one person. You know, they heard many persons speaking in different languages that were, you know, represented in that gathering. Praise God. You see that now. A number of persons, you know, we, we checked in the book of Acts in the previous episode and we counted close to about 10, you know, different nations or languages that were represented there that heard them speak in their own very native language you know so what the bible says is that they spoke in the language that um the other people's um, native the audience's native language that's what that's what the bible says the bible didn't tell us that there was an interpretation of thumbs there so we should not read that into it praise god hallelujah all right so today we're going to continue on um these signs and then we're going to pick up the third one which is they shall take up serpents they shall take up serpents what does it mean to take up serpents let's even first of all understand that um we're talking about signs here so it means that whatever meaning or whatever interpretation we want to give at the end of this um teaching today whatever interpretation that we come we conclude at must be must pass for a sign did you see that it must pass it must pass for a sign so if it doesn't pass for a sign then it means that our interpretation of um shall they shall take up serpents it means that it is wrong that's what it means if it doesn't at the end if our conclusion does not come out as a sign if it doesn't pass for a sign glory to god because what we are considering is these signs. Hallelujah. These signs. So it's very important. All right. I want you to quickly do a recall 
of um, you know, because it's easy for you, he said, they shall take off serpents. And then this scripture comes to mind easily. Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I give unto you authority over all the powers of... I mean, I give authority over... Serpent, to tread upon serpents as scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, and not shall by enemies of you. Praise God. You see, so that's our scripture, because he's got serpent in it, and then he's a power. So it's easy for one to think that that's what he's talking about. No. What we have in Luke 10, 19, he said, I give unto you authority, 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 delegated authority over to tread, to tread. To tread means to exercise authority, still the same thing. That is to trample on, that is to exercise authority over serpents and scorpions. And there is the Greek word kai. It means that is to tread, to exercise authority over serpents, that is scorpions, that is over all the powers of the enemy. So, the serpent, the scorpion, is saying, is referring to the powers of the enemy. Hallelujah. Did you see that now? So, it is not serpents on one side and then scorpions on one side and then over all the powers of the enemy. No. It's still the same thing. It's serpents, the power of the enemy there that is being referred to specifically is, you know, is the same as serpents, scorpions. Did you see that? Now, so it is not so much about whether there are snakes that we're talking about or we're talking about scorpions. Do you see that now? But what is being talked about is the power over all the powers of the enemy. And that's why snakes was used and then scorpions, which of course they both are dangerous in that sense. They are both dangerous animals in that sense, but they don't, you know, they don't do the same thing, even though they probably, you know, snakes bite while scorpions stings. Did you see that? But you see that at the end of that um, um, of that particular um, that particular verse of scripture, he says, and over all the powers, that particular phrase, I mean to say, over all the powers, and over all the powers of the enemy. So he's trying to say that whether this power of the enemy or this other power of the you know of, of, of the devil, whichever. Over all, you've been given authority. That's the reason why we have serpents and then scorpions, you know, mentioned separately. Did you see that? So, so what Luke ten nineteen is talking about is authority over all the powers of the enemy. Basically, that's what he's talking about. An example would be when you have somebody that is um, afflicted, demon, you know, sickness that is afflicted with sickness, and a demon is responsible for it. You know, when you when they when they bring that to you as a believer, and then you take authority over that, getting the person healed by casting out the demons and person. What you have done is to you have exercised authority over the power of the enemy. Because the power of the enemy over that person is that demon that is afflicting the body of that person. Did you see that now? So that's what is that's what um Luke 10 19 is talking about. It said they shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is different from what we have in Mark chapter 16, saying that they shall take up serpents. It's different. Like I told you in um in the previous episode, Luke 10 19, he said, They shall give unto you, he said, Behold, I give unto you power, I mean authority, delegated authority. That's delegated power. It's exclusion in the Greek. It is different from what we have in Mark 16. After resurrection. What we have received, hallelujah, and what we are to operate with is dunamis, inherent power. It is a power that comes by 
the indwelling of spirit. Did you see that? It is the power that comes by the indwelling of spirit. It's the power of the indwelling of spirit. Luke, I mean, Acts chapter, 10, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see that? After that you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power. So it's not the power that we're talking about. It's dunamis. So it's different from what they operated with in, um, as recorded in the Gospels in Luke 10. Hallelujah. It's different. What we have this time is dunamis. It's inherent power. It's the power that we have by the Holy Ghost because we have the Holy Ghost inside of us. So that's not what it's saying. So how do we now go about the interpretation of um, this? What does it mean? They shall take off serpents. If he's not talking about Luke 10, 19, then what is he talking about? Now, before we go into that, before we look at what they shall take off serpents, what it means, I want to quickly share with us two principles of Bible interpretation, just two. There are a number of them, but I just want to share two for the sake of today's um, teaching. Hallelujah. The first one is that you need to check whether a word, a phrase, or a sentence is literal or figurative. You need to check whether it's literal or figurative. In some cases, it might not be literal. And not necessarily figurative, maybe spiritual. When I mean spiritual, I mean it's it happened in the physical, in the spiritual realm, in the spirit. Hallelujah. It happened in the spirit. Did you see that now? And so if it happened in the spirit, it means that it can definitely not be literal. It cannot be literal. It cannot be physical. I beg your pardon. At the same time, it cannot be physical. So if it's not even physical, you cannot be talking about literal or figurative in the first place. So, so you could have cases whereby it is um it is um spiritual, that is it happened in the spirit realm. It happens in the unseen, it happened in the unseen realm. So a statement, it could be a statement in the Bible, you know, there could be a phrase, a word, and it's referring to what actually happened in the spirit realm. It didn't happen physically. Did you see that? So that's one. Now, if it happened physically, then it is either literal or figurative. Did you see? So one principle of Bible interpretation is to check: is it literal or figurative? This is very important. And then the second one, the second principle I want us to you know use for the teaching today is. Um, Play out example. I call it that's what I call it anyway. I call it the play out example, the principle of a play out example. And what I mean by that is this that you find a word, a phrase, or a sentence in the Bible, look out for where it literally happened. That is, it played out as an example in the Bible. Take for example, we talk about speaking with tongues. There is such a thing as speaking with tongues. Do we have a place where they literally, I mean physically, as an example, people spoke with tongues? Yes. You just that yes, so it means that wherever it is that we find speaking in tongues, we say that speaking in tongues is authentic, it's true. That means the interpretation that they spoke with tongues is correct. Did you see that now? All right, so we're going to employ that in understanding what it means that they shall take up serpents. Is he saying that they shall take up serpents? Is he talking about picking up serpents, you know, literally or figuratively? We're going to look at that. So let's pick it one by one. There are two syllables. I've broken them into two. Take up serpents. I've broken into two. Take up as one and then serpents as the other. We're going to consider. So let's start with take up. So take up is it literal or figurative? That's what we'll find out first. 
before we now check for the playout example. Did you see that? So we're going to apply the principles, the two principles that I talked about, and we're going to apply it in finding the meaning or the right interpretation to what it means by they shall take up serpents. So take up. If we take take up as being literal, that means they you know took up serpents and then they picked it. You know, they picked serpents, you know, maybe from the floor, from the tree or anything. Alright, good. Let's go on. Now, if they take up, if it's literal, the second thing we want to check out is the play out example. Now, was there any place in the Bible where we find any of the apostles, you know, pick up um, snake, either from the floor, from the tree or from wherever? And, and, and that, was there any place that they picked up snake? And when they did pick up the snake, he, you know, he came out as a sign to aid the receipt, um, the, 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 to, to aid the reception of the gospel of Christ. Was there any place like that? No. There was no even place where it was recorded that they took up serpents, they picked serpents or anything. No. There was no place. And I don't think Moses, hallelujah, I don't think Moses, the case of Moses is a different one entirely. Hallelujah, glory to God. It's a different one. And what I mean by it's a different one is because it was the rod of Moses that became snake. And then Moses took it, took the snake, and then it became rod again. Did you see that? So that one is not like it was serpent, you know, that was in the bush or that was just somewhere around and then they now he now picked it up. No. It was uh, it was that 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 serpent was not serpent originally. That's what I'm trying to say. It was a rod. It was a rod. It was a rod originally and it turned back to being a rod. You did see that so and also if you look at it uh, it was even the the magicians that first threw their rod down you know that threw their snake i mean to say you know put snake down it was them that did that first so more like moses copied them did you see that now <laughs> so that will not um will not pass for play out example you wouldn't you wouldn't another one that could easily come to mind too is the case of um paul in act um, that should be chapter 19, I suppose. Where um, he was trying to pick up, you know, gather sticks, woods for, you know, to make fire, I think. And then um, a snake, viper to be precise, came out of the fire and then, you know, stuck to his hand. No, he didn't come out of fire. It was in the course of packing the this and then he didn't stuck to his hand. And then he shook it, he shook it into the fire. Praise God. That was not, that's not taking up serpents literally, is it? It's not, it's not taking up serpents literally. Glory to God, it's not taking up snake literally. So, what that means is that because there are no, if you want to go by literal, because there are no play out example, then it means that the literal will not pass for it. It means take up there is not literal because there are no examples. There are no examples. Hallelujah. So, the other option definitely is means it means that it's figurative so let's look at it as being figurative glory to god figurative to take up when you say i will take you up it means that i will challenge you it's another it's synonymous to the word take on it's synonymous to take on so it means to challenge to withstand one did you see that i'll take you up on that i'll take you up on that that is i will withstand you i'm going to challenge you i'm going to compete with you that's a word. Hallelujah. All right. So let's look at that. Do we have cases where, you know, um, let's see, was there, was there, was there a, um, a play out? 
you know, was there a play out of um, challenge, you know, like that withstanding? Yes, we have a number of them. But let's not go into all of that. Let's find the what's happened too. Let's check. Let's quickly check the what's happened. It's happened later on. Like I said, there was no time that they had dealings with snake literally. So definitely it's happened there. We'll not be talking about snakes. Hallelujah. So literally it's not it's not literal. That's what I'm trying to say. So figuratively too. Let's look at figuratively. It's happened figuratively. You see, to understand the serpent, you know, to see the figure, the very first figurative or figure of speech used to um, to describe the serpent was um, in Genesis chapter 3. And you see, there's another principle of Bible interpretation. It's called the law of first mention or the law of first occurrence. And this law, the way it operates is that wherever you find a word, that first, the first place that a word, a phrase, or a sentence appears in the Bible, the meaning in that first place of occurrence, you can always take that meaning to understand every other place later on that you find that word, phrase, or sentence. Take for example now, Genesis 3.1, that's the very first place we will find the word serpent. And the understanding provided, the meaning of serpent or the understanding, the information given to us concerning serpents there, we can always take that same information to help us understand every other place that we find the word serpents later on in the Bible. Did you see that? So in this case now, according to law of first mention, let's go to Genesis chapter 3, 1, and then we find there, and he talked about how that the devil, I mean, sorry, the serpent, he said the serpent is the most he said he said the serpent is the most subtle of all the beasts that god created can you imagine that's the very first information in fact we were not told whether the serpent it's um whether the serpent is the animals that walk with um, four four legs or the animal that you know we were not even given any description about the animal what it looks like the very first information we got to know about that serpent is the fact that he it is subtle is a subtle animal as a subtle he said the most subtle and the most subtle that means to be cunning do you see that to be cunning and then if you look at verse 13 of that same genesis chapter 3 verse 13 pre-eve reporting he said it was the it was the serpent that beguiled me to beguile means to deceive. Did you see that now? So, from those two verses of scripture, we found that the defining characteristics of serpents, you know, I mean, the very first mention of serpents and the very first omission we got to have about serpents is the fact that they are cunning and their cunningness is unto deception. It is to deceive. The goal of their cunningness is to deceive. Hallelujah. It's to deceive. Did you see that now? It's to deceive. Now, do we say serpents? Serpents, do we say literal? We cannot say serpents are literal. I know I'm already talking about the figurative, you know, part. But I want to quickly say something that I missed out. About the serpent. Why the serpent that the Bible talked about here, particularly in Genesis chapter 3, cannot be literal? Because he talked about the serpent speaking. 
he spoke to Eve and Eve spoke to the serpent. So it means that first the serpent understands the language of Eve. If we go by literal. But it's not literal. So the serpent does not understand because the serpent cannot speak to start with. Neither does the serpent understand a man. Did you see that now? Or what a man, the language of a man. Did you see that? So obviously it tells us that it is not literal. Hallelujah. So what is this serpent? Who is this serpent? We see in Genesis, I mean Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, we're told that that serpent is the devil. Also in Revelation chapter 20, verse 2. We also see that that serpent is the devil. Did you see that? So it's the devil that we're talking about there. So, and then the characteristic feature that we got to know is saying that he's subtle. The serpent is subtle. So it's the devil that is subtle. Hallelujah. To deceive. Did you see that now? It's the devil. So it's not serpent, it's not snake. Did you see that now? All right. So please, all that thought. Of the devil being the serpent and that characteristic feature of subtleness of deceit, subtleness unto deceit. If you check the book of Matthew chapter 23, from verse 27, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and refers to them. And then if you go to verse John to verse 33, he talked about refer to them as serpents. He said, Ye serpents and generation of vipers. Did you see that? So he was referring to them. He used that same word, which is a figure. Which, of course, he's not calling them. He's not saying that they are serpents or that snakes. That there are some snakes that are called Pharisees. Do you see that? Or some Pharisees do turn to snake. No, that's not what he's saying. He was talking about that feature, that subtle, cunning feature, that deceiving, you know, feature. That feature of deceit is what the Lord Jesus was referring to. Hallelujah. If you check the book of 2 Corinthians, if we look at 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 also, you know, we see in 2 Corinthians um, 11 verse 3, how that the devil, you know, deceived Eve. We saw the account of, um, hallelujah, we saw the account, the account of Genesis 3. We saw the, you know, the clear interpretation. We have a better understanding of that account. Look at it in um, 2 Corinthians 11. Let's read that. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. He said, But I fear, Paul is one speaking, he said, But I fear, lest by enemies, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, your minds should be corrupted from the subtlety that is in the, that is in Christ. Hallelujah. Did you see that? So, the, the serpent beguiled Eve through what is subtlety. To beguile means to deceive. And then subtlety talks about that corniness. Hallelujah. That craftiness, cunning craftiness. Praise God. Did you see that now? So that is that is um so when we find the word serpent, that's what he's talking about. So it's not literal. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just it's not literal. It's not literal. Did you see that? It's not literal. So look at it now. So figuratively, like we have seen now, the serpent. It talks about how that serpent beguiles, that is deceived, deceives. So if you put all of those things together, if you put it together, take up serpents would mean that they shall have the ability, said they shall take up serpents would mean that they will have the ability to challenge, to withstand 
the subtlety of the devil unto deceit. That is, that cunning craftiness of the devil to deceive, they will withstand, they will withstand it. They will withstand, they will challenge it. They will withstand it. They will they will they will give they will gain they will have victory over the challenge of the enemy. Over 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 the deceit of the enemy. They will they are gonna have victory over it. They will beat they will beat the deceitfulness, you know, of the devil. They will beat it. Hallelujah. It means that they will not be deceived by the enemy. And don't forget, we are talking about sign here. So it means that. And the sign is supposed to be as witness. That's what the sign is. Is as witness to the gospel of Christ. It means that they, that the apostles and the believers, you know, the believers, you and I, we being able to withstand and to beat the deceitfulness of the devil is to the end that it will be as a sign and then witness to the gospel of Christ. Did you see that? That is, when people see us beat the deceitfulness of the devil, it will melt their hearts, gain their attention, I mean to say. He said, it will gain their attention, thereby our gospel can be received and believed upon. The gospel of Christ can be received and believed upon. Did you see that now? That's what it is. It's not a show-off. It's not for sure. Hallelujah. It's not for sure. So it's not for the believer to show that uh, the believer has got power, you know, to, to you know to always corner the devil. That the devil cannot deceive the believer. That's not what we're saying here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't forget. The context, the context is the gospel of Christ. The context is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. The context is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. It is very important. The context is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. That's the context. That's the context. Glory to God. Did you see that now? So, that's what he's talking about now. So, let's look at the play out of this. Let's look at the play out. Following the principle of play out example. Do we find places in the Bible where this literally played, I mean, where this played out? Where we have this as an example? Yes, we do. Look at Acts chapter 5. The case of Peter and Ananias and Sapphira. They wanted to deceive Peter, but Peter caught them. Did you see that? He caught them. And we saw at the end that people, if you look at verse 12, between verse 12 and 14, you see that people feared, you know, to join themselves because of what happened, because of what they saw. And the people that feared to join themselves were the ones that intend to join themselves deceitfully. Did you see that? <laughs> Those were the people that feared to do because we saw... In that same act of the five, in fact, the verse that followed, verse 14 now, there about, that they actually believed that many joined them, many believed the gospel. Look at it. Look at verse 13. It says, And the rest does not, does no man join himself to them, but the people magnify them. That is, they respect, you know, the disciples of Jesus Christ. And then verse 1, they said, and believers were the more added. Now, believers now was not the people that were trying to, you know, to just associate with them in deceit. Real believers were the more added to them, both multitudes. I mean, multitude both of men and women. Did you see that now? So, it resorted. It resorted into the prophets, prophets, you know, for the gospel of Christ or profit by the gospel of Christ. 
Did you see that now? It resulted into profit. That is, many people, you know, got saved, believed the gospel of Christ. And that's what I said at the beginning, you know, that because it's a sign, it must culminate into being a witness to the gospel of Christ. That is, by the sign, men, people should believe the gospel of Christ. People should believe the gospel of Christ. You just see that now. And that's what we have here. Now look at Acts chapter 8 too, another example. It's the case of Philip and Simon the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer was the one deceiving all the people with witchcraft and sorcery. Bewitched the people of Samaria. That they suppose him, you see, for they suppose him for the great power of God. You see, but when Philip came, Philip withstood its power. That is um, his power of um, deceit that has been that he has um, that he has used over the people of Samaria. So that people were, you know, um, Philip broke that power over the people of Samaria. And then many believed, even Simon the sorcerer himself believed the gospel. Did you see that? Believe the gospel. Because Philip, by the Holy Ghost, has the power to withstand, to take up the serpent of deceit. You know, to take up the serpent, that's the devil that is deceiving the people of Samaria. So he took them up. He took him up. Hallelujah. He took him up. He took up that serpent. You will find that in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 8 to 13. If you read that, you'll find what I'm saying. Another very good example is Paul in Acts chapter 16, 16 to 19. We find in this case of Paul how that there was a damsel who was also, you know, a sorcerer and um, bring so much gain, you know, to his master. <laughs> Do you understand? And then, I mean, he, he's not a sorcerer. He's got the spirit of divination. Yeah, that was his, that was our own case. And then this damsel has been following um, the team. Paul's thing about and then saying uh, um, people you should listen to these people they are indeed you know men of God and they have come to show us the way of salvation as true as that is that wasn't the good he was just being subtle he was just a devil that's what of did just being subtle trying to use um, Paul and his team to gain more respect of the people did you see that? That's what she was trying to do. That's what she was trying to do. That's what she was saying. If Paul did not withstood that spirit and then eventually casted out, you know, the spirit out of the girl, if Saul, I mean, Paul did not withstood that spirit. When Paul, when they probably, and his team, they probably leave that place and they thought that they had preached to people and people have been saved, it was that lady with the sweet of divination that will deceive them, you know, away from the way of Christ eventually. You know why? Because they have probably, if Paul didn't do what he did by withstanding that um, that lady, that lady will have used Paul and his team to gain acceptance of the people. Did you see that? So that by the time Paul is gone, he will now she will now you know enter another level of respect. <laughs> you know. With the people, the people will, will honor her more. Did you see that now? 
So Paul had to Paul withstood that. Paul withstood that. And that's what it means to take off serpents. Jesus said to withstand cunning craftiness of the devil unto deceit. Especially around the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's, that's it. Or um, better, better put, you say that that's that um, challenging of the devil, you know, that, um, that ability to withstand the devil and his um, deceitfulness would culminate into people receiving the gospel of Christ, people believing the gospel of Christ, because it will come as a sign. And then many people will open to the gospel of Christ. Did you see that now? They will receive the gospel of Christ. That is what it meant by they shall take off serpents. So it's not literal. Hallelujah. It's not literal. Glory to God. Did you see that? It's not literal. Hallelujah. And don't forget, the end of all of this is as a sign, as a witness to the gospel of Christ. Is as a witness to the gospel of Christ. To witness to the authenticity the verity, the ability of God to save of the truth. As it is revealed by the death, I mean accomplished already by the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Did you see that? That's what it is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you as a believer, you have the ability to take off something. The ability to withstand, oh glory to God, to withstand, you know, the deceitfulness of the devil. And as you withstand the deceit of the devil, it becomes a sign. Glory to God. It becomes a sign. It comes out as a sign. And it witnesses, it will witness to the gospel of Christ. So it means that when you do that, when you withstand, you know, when you when you manifest that ability to withstand the deceitfulness of the devil, you should not stop there. You should preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Because the purpose of that manifestation is so that it can witness to the gospel that you will preach so you must preach the gospel what i'm trying to say invariably is that in simple terms is that you will win souls you will have people believe the gospel when you manifest such signs and you preach the gospel people will be open to hear and receive the gospel of christ hallelujah Glory to God. Did you see that? So that's what this verse of scripture is saying. That's what he's saying. That phrase, they shall take off serpents. That's what he's saying. He's not talking about um, taking off serpents, you know, snakes, literally. No. Glory to God. That's not what he's saying. And he's not talking about um, power, like um, we stood the power in that sense. No. It's that deceit. That, that, that deceit. That deceitfulness of the devil is what he's talking about. Hallelujah. I want to believe you'll be blessed. Till I come your way again on the faith campaign. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. The message you just listened to is from the teaching ministry of Pastor Yox. For inquiries, please call plus 2348038606999 or send an email to pastoryox at gmail.com. Thank you.